So a formal uh, good morning uh, to everyone. Shall we ask God to help us as we look into his word this morning? So, Father, as we resume, these, we resume these times of devotion in your word, we pray that you will open our eyes to see your word, to open our ears to hear your word, and to open our hearts to receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So here we are, with all that background knowledge of OT50 uh, firmly embedded within our heads and our hearts, and uh, having had a symbolic break for the 400 silent years, uh, we're now making a start on NT50. Uh, our approach to uh, NT50 will be uh, slightly different from that of the OT50, in that we will try to confine ourselves to the passage for the day, uh, to see what it actually says, and then highlight uh, a feature from it that we can carry with us into the day. And then hopefully there will be a short time when we will be able to pray um, for God's word to find its place uh, in our hearts. Our first passage uh, this morning is John 1, 1 to 18, familiar ground. And it's the written word telling us that the living word became flesh to live amongst us. And as we went through OT50, we were reminded time and time again that one day God would send Messiah to his people Israel. And as we turn the page of scripture from Old Testament to New Testament, we are told that his name would be Emmanuel, God with us. Also Jesus, Saviour. But as John writes his gospel, he opens it with these words, describing and calling Messiah the Word. We use words to express ourselves, don't we? To reveal and to convey what we're thinking of and what we want people to understand uh, is in our minds and, and Jesus comes into the world uh, to reveal the father to it to us and he does it so perfectly so perfectly that on one occasion he could even say he that has seen me has seen the father there's an old hymn that includes the line in the most perfectly expressed the Father's glories shine. And so these verses we're considering this morning are so well known to us, but they come uh, with, with a freshness every time we read them. And they're so rich in what they convey to us about the Word. Verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, is John's opening statement. The Word is eternal. Here, John, at the outset of his gospel, takes us right back to the beginning, not just to the beginning of the Bible, not just to Genesis 1, verse 1, but before creation, to eternity past, to show us that the word is eternal. Verse 1 continues, the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. The word was not only with God, says John, but was God, because the word is deity. And we're being reminded of that Sunday by Sunday 
as we go through our series in John's Gospel. Verse 3, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. The word is the creator. Verse 4, in him was life. Not surprisingly, if the word was saying in the beginning, let there be, and life was coming into being, then the word itself must be life. The word is life. And verse 4 continues, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Right at the outset of creation, God said, let there be light. And so establishes the cycle of day and night. And then all that is living follows after that. For to be life, there needs to be light. You ask anybody that's into growing, whether as a hobby or whether it's uh, commercially, and they will tell you that. And so John says that the word is not only life, but is light. Verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And so the time now comes when the word becomes incarnate. All as foretold in the written word of OT50 that we now know so well. Verse 10, he was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own didn't receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The reason that Jesus came into the world to become not just the Messiah for Israel, but to be the savior of the world, the word is the savior of the world. And because of that, he becomes our savior too. And so John says the creator comes to his creation, but he's not recognized. He's not accepted. He's not believed. Even though he comes to what John describes as his own, his own creation, his own people. But then he continues with these wonderful words, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Praise God for that. And so here we have it in John chapter one. It's the whole of God's salvation plan in just 18 verses. But the verse that I would just like to highlight this morning uh, and leave with us is verse 14 the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us we have seen his glory the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth to those who believe him and those who receive him he not only reveals himself, but he reveals his glory. He reveals his glory. His glory is the Son of God. The glory of his grace. 
as he reveals the love of God because of God's grace. The glory of his truth as he declares himself the life and the way to God. John also saw his glory on the Mount of Transfiguration, if you remember. And then as a disciple of Jesus, he saw it in his conduct, I am sure, as he lived out his life day by day. He saw it in his teaching, saw it in his miracles, saw it in his righteous living, saw it in his humility, saw it in his servanthood. And so we could go on. Go back into the Old Testament. Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. He saw the glory of the Lord. Stephen, if you remember, saw it when he was being martyred for his faith. And then John saw it again in vision form when writing the Revelation. But how about us today? Do we see the glory of the word, the glory of Jesus, the glory of Emmanuel, God with us? In John 17, John tells us that Jesus prayed, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory. But that's in a future day. But what of being able to see something of his glories here and now? Yesterday morning, we sang the song, crowned him with many crowns, and we sang the line, his glories now we sing who died and reigns on high. But what are they? What are these glories that we're talking about? As his people, we seek to be his disciples. We seek to follow him. And I think it's only to the extent that I recognize and see something of the glories that I will be inspired in my relationship with him and in my service for him. So perhaps, as we work our way through NT50, can I suggest that perhaps we might ask God to help us see the glories of Jesus, to recognize them as we encounter them, for us to be able to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. We will be the richer for it. May God help us for his namesake.